Picks the World podcast with Sam and Katie. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Fix the World podcast. My name's Sam Avery and I'm here with my good friend Katie Tracy. Hi everyone. I hope you're all all right. Um, If you've never listened to this podcast before, this is a podcast where me and Kate, we try and tackle the world's problems one tiny problem at a time and offer some solutions, uh, trying to basically fix the world. If you've listened to us before, how are you? You're looking great. You do. You look well. We just try and help. That's all we're here to do. We're just like a community service. Uh, that's not why we're doing the podcast. We didn't commit a crime in the past. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're doing the podcast for likes, let's be honest. That's it. We just we need the approval of strangers. And this is another episode on Zoom for reasons that will become very apparent uh, in the next five seconds when I tell you that I've had COVID or have COVID. COVID. Sam's had COVID, everybody. I don't know if you saw his little lockdown post. Yeah, I don't like to go on about it, but that's all I've talked about <laughs> for the last seven days. Because <laughs> I was going crazy, so I thought what I'll do is I'll turn, I'll use my alchemy skills to turn this problematic episode into pure comedy. <laughs> but I how, just was, thought, um, how was isolation, Sam? Well, I'm still isolated till uh, the end of this week now, so I'm, it feels like it's been about seven days so far, and... I feel, it doesn't feel like that long, but it also feels like I've never, ever left this house, ever. So I'm oh, starting I, would, to get, I, would, I would lose my mind having to have to stay in the house for that long. I'm starting to get a bit of cabin fever. And if you've, if you've read these posts, I've, I've been writing like a diary every day on my website. Um, if, you, if you've not read them, I mean, basically, I, I was ex- excited for like a week of Netflix and dossing about because as someone with young kids, I didn't get that at all during the first three lockdowns so I thought well if I get my own personal lockdown I can just chill out but one of my lads tested positive as well so he's off school <laughs> so it was just you and him me and him my wife in the other room one of my lads tested negative my wife had it the other week so he's gone to school so it's all just a load of bollocks in it but here we are I mean luckily my lad's not ill and I've the only symptoms I've got really is that I've, I've been a bit tired and uh, I can't smell or taste anything which is weird has they not started to come back yet? No, I got a pair of socks yesterday and I shoved them right <laughs> in my grill and I thought I could, I think I could smell them, you know, when it's like a sort of vinegar, sweaty. Maybe smell. it was just like a sense memory. Maybe you're well, maybe. just you the smelly or sweaty feet that you just imagined it. That's what I've been thinking with taste, you see. Is it, is my taste coming back or is it just like the, the ghosts of previous meals that are just... Ghosts of meals past. <laughs> loitering in my mouth. It sounds... Very rude. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that's what it feels like. So I just don't... I could probably live without me, me sense of smell, but me sense of taste, I would really like that to come back soon because... Yeah, that's important. We need you our sense of taste. Yeah, because I've been feeling a bit like under the weather, you know, and, and I've not been bad at all, really, but like I keep thinking, oh, I've got COVID, I should probably take it easy. And then I put me, you know, when it's got a bit cold, I put my hoodie on, I put the hood up, and I thought, what I could do with right now is some good comfort eating. But there's just no point. Yeah, I can't no, no point. God, you'll lose no. weight, weight loss journey. Yeah, but I've been eating biscuits every day, so <laughs> I don't know. Speaking of which, speaking of which, I've had um, two heavy weekends on the ale, so yeah. I'm doing. I'm, I'm starting. I've started a juice cleanse today. Ha, ha, the ha, next three days, I'm just drinking these juices that got delivered. Oh right, like because I've always been curious about juice cleanses and how they work and what do you drink. Tell us more. Well. One of them's got charcoal in. I don't know exactly what it does. 
I'm doing it more for the boost of vitamins because I feel like I've just been eating beige food and drinking lots of alcohol. And I feel like my immune system needs a little boost. And also, I'm going on Aldi on Sunday, so it's also a bit of a weight loss journey. Oh, um, great. But it's day one. I've had one juice so far. I'm starving. Um, um, I can only see my mood deteriorating over the next few days. Well, can I just say on behalf of myself and everyone listening, I'm glad we're recording this on day one. <laughs> Maybe we <laughs> should do like you a might day- be very smelly. Like coming live from my own toilet, Jesus. <laughs> day six, fuck the world. <laughs> Never mind, yeah. fix it. Do you well, day, day seven, what's the point? <laughs> day eight, I've run out of bog roll. <laughs> How, do you only drink juice then? Only juice. Wow. Okay, that sounds really. So there's, there's a green juice, an orange juice, and a really black juice, a berry juice, <laughs> and these like little ginger juice shots that are meant to give you a little boost. Oh, they're good. Said, said you're not because I had this big plan that this week I was going to do my juice cleanse. I was going to exercise every day, and then the label says don't do any heavy exercise. Um while you're doing the juice cleanse says you can do pilates if you want or yoga but i was like well no i just see that as don't do any exercise now so i'm not yeah i didn't i didn't read the word heavy there just i just read exercise i'm a Mm. skim read i'm a skim reader so i I missed that bit sorry so i won't be at that pilates class on thursday morning (laughs) (laughs) yeah i uh I think those juice cleanses are really good. And I'm trying to, like, I think it was a couple of days ago, I decided to just try and stop eating shite because I was still eat, I was still comfort eating, even though I couldn't taste it. And I was thinking, this is this is an opportunity here to shed a few pounds, you know, and get, yeah. get ripped. Because I always wonder about those people who have who have gastric bands and they're like, yeah, you're just not hungry. So you just don't feel like eating. But I eat when I'm not hungry anyway. That's it. I don't eat because I'm hungry. I eat because no. I'm... Are you because I'm greedy? Are you because I'm sad in some way, somewhere? Obviously, it's <laughs> obviously even on a good day, I still there's still sadness in my soul somewhere that needs <laughs> a bourbon biscuit. I'm feeling sad. Pass <laughs> me the bread. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Bread's. I mean, bread's great. I've written a list of things I'm trying not to eat on the fridge. So I've written bread, cheese, biscuits, crisps, and sweets. So that's basically <laughs> that's Wednesday's gone. Cheese is the one thing I can't take out of my diet. I'm sorry. No, it's so nice, isn't it? I'm a cheese lover and I'll always be a cheese lover and everybody needs to deal with that. I love cheese. I love all the different types, the different different strands. One thing I did notice with the lack of taste is stuff like cheese and stuff that you do know tastes nice still feels nice in your mouth, even though you can't taste it. So like Rachel got me a brownie and it was pure filth, this brownie. It was amazing. I couldn't taste it. But the whole thing, you could, you could, you're always, you're more receptive to the sugar kind of exploding in your mouth. It's just, oh. yeah, you still get the little sugar boost. Mm. I don't like the way brownies like stick to your mouth. No, you, yeah, you feel like a dog with like a toffee, don't you? Just yeah, like, <laughs> trying like to get that. it off the roof. <laughs> so where were you out boozing at the weekend then? Well, I went to London. I went to that London TV. I went to TV's London, and. Um, <laughs> We went just as a, me and my friends, Crystal went as a little, just a little getaway. 
Uh, we initially were going to go for two nights, and then we were like, no, by the time we get to Sunday morning, if we wake up in a hotel hungover, we'd be like, we just want to be at home. <laughs> we decided to go Friday morning and come back Saturday night, and we had an absolute ball. We went to Borough Market, which I've never been to. Oh, yeah, it's nice there. But we couldn't check into our hotel till three o'clock, so we like landed in London about half oh, 11 and just got the tube straight to Borough Market. Then we went to all the little food stalls. So I had little empanadas and beers. And then I had oysters and fizz. And then we went to a pub and we had like loads of lager. Um, and then we went to another pub and had loads of lager. And then by the time we checked in, oh, by this point, we'd already decided we were going to a West End musical and booked <laughs> made poppins. <laughs> and then by the time we checked into our hotel, we it was like six o'clock. We were half caught and I was just like, we need a black coffee or something to sober us up because we can't turn up to Mary Poppins drunk. It's a family <laughs> show. Anyway, we get to Mary Poppins just in the nick of time and um, it was just magnificent. I recommend to anybody, if you're going to go and see a show, go and see it. But because we were like, we, we were all right then. We were like a little bit, bit merry, but we were okay. We didn't have a drink in the theatre. But then in, in the break, we did. And then we went back in and it just it gets to the part where they realise they love Mary Poppins and then Mr and Mrs Banks realise they love each other and they love the kids and it was all dead emotional. And this little kid goes, the little Michael Banks goes, oh, we love you, Mary Poppins. And I just went dead loud. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then when Mary Poppins... <laughs> I was just overwhelmed with emotion. And by the time Mary Poppins flew away, which she actually did across the stall, she didn't just go off stage left. She gathered on some wire. She comes right across the stalls. It was amazing. Wow. Well, we sobbed. <laughs> and we were going, we don't even know why we're crying. It's just Mary Poppins. We know what happened. And Crystal said, it's because we identify so much with posh Victorian children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're your spirit animal. Yeah, I went to know. I just remember how I felt when my nanny flew away. <laughs> That's what Black my granddad Black. told me had happened anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I think any West End musical that's been, because, you know, a lot of them have been running for like many years, haven't they? And if a show's been running for that long, it's it's always brilliant, isn't it? Like, yeah. I saw Wicked, you know, like the Wizard of Oz sort of retelling from the point of view of the Wicked Witch of the West. Yeah. The, the, the east the green one and i don't i you know i don't really know the wisdom of our story wasn't that bothered about this well yeah i'm just i was watching star wars when i was a kid and anyway we watched this wicked and it's just by the end of it i, I, I goosebumps everywhere and just I'm downloading the musical you know the playlist on spotify and i'm like this is yeah. amazing i've got to see it again There's so well, before wizard was a musical it was just a really gothic book and what i was it? it thinking this looks fun. It's just mental. It's just mental. I'm a bit rude. Sexy. Yeah, just think. I was just like, I'm not sure, but I'm not really I'm enjoying this. It's taken away from the wisdom of too much. So I was just, I was just, I cut off the book about three chapters in. I was like, this is not for me. Yeah, but imagine some jaunty numbers in the middle of it. That'd pick it up, wouldn't it? Yeah, bit of defying gravity, it. obviously. Ah, what a tune. 
<laughs> oh, yeah, maybe that should be my new karaoke song when I when I hit the karaoke bars of the. Uh, I was going to say the West End. I mean, video. when that happens, please video it. I would kill to see you buying gravity. Live stream. I'm going to live stream it. I'm going to get the costume and, and I'm going to get some people with hair dryers so like my cloak kind of floats behind me. Yeah. Just tipping a bottle of apple sours over you so you look green. <laughs> 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 Just wait till someone throws one. That's told me. When I get to the second chorus, objects tend to start flying towards me head. Are you watching your favourite musical? I think Hamilton. I've never seen that. I don't fancy it, you know. I didn't fancy it, but it was on Disney Plus and in the middle of lockdown one or two, me and my missus, we were having movie night every Saturday and, and we both said, like, I'd like to see that. But I wasn't that bothered, but I just, there was so much hype around it. Well, I watched it and I was just, for about the next, honestly, four months, all I listened to was the 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 uh, the, uh, the album. Like, it's all I listened to. Brilliant. The songs are amazing. It's all like hip-hop stuff and but there's some great show tunes in there as well. It's, it it's, just seems like, you know, when you have, you have a teacher that tries to engage you in a different way. So he's like, right, I'm going to teach you about history. But we're going to do it through hip hop. He's <laughs> just like, how do you want to say? Yeah. Yeah, we're going to learn geography through grime. Yeah, it's, it, that's what, well, it, that's what gonna, it felt we're like. We're going to do Midsummer Night's Dream, but we're going to set it in space. Yay! <laughs> yeah. The, the classic is we're going to do Shakespeare, but it's going to be set in the modern day. So King Lee is going to be a scally. <laughs> and it's like, mate, that's, that's been done. And it's still we, we did, in college, we did Midsummer Night's Dream and um, it was set in like modern times. And my character, Helena, I, my drama teacher asked me to make her like an Australian soap actress, proper extra. <laughs> to do this uh, Australian accent. And it was just so silly. And... Parents came just going, oh, we're only coming to this shit because we're trying to be supportive to our kids. But I'd rather be at home watching Emmerdale, quite frankly. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's always that. Let's let's do it, but with a twist. Yeah, you just got to try and hook people. But Hamilton is really good. Like, it's really well put together. And I suppose watching a musical, you, you don't realise until you listen to the soundtrack 50 times, like I did, how all the little melodies from different songs weaving together and then they all culminated, you know, in these pieces at the end. And it's just, it's just mind blowing how it all fits together. So you yeah, come away yeah. from those things thinking, why do I bother doing anything creative? <laughs> all the time. Yeah. I know these things should be inspirational, but I just think, ah, sorry. I felt like that gonna... after I finished watching Fleabag, I was like, why am I bothered in trying to write anything? <laughs> yeah. It's just so good. I'm useless. Ah. Uh... Yeah, more more average art to be commissioned, please. Um, first of all, me and you would have a chance, but secondly, it inspire more people. I think only showing the best is is putting people off. We need yeah. more. My favorite musical is um, Sounds of Music. Oh uh, yeah, I've never seen. I don't think I've ever seen that one. You are kidding me! It's no. on about five times a year. I know. I, I think I just missed it. I know a couple of the songs, like The Hills Are Alive, isn't that from mm. Sound of Music? It's actually called The Sounds of Music, that song, because the film's called The Sounds of Music. Uh, Otherwise, uh, the film would be called The Hills Are Alive, and that would have been like a horror, horror twist on The Sounds of Music. Let's write that. Let's write a horror twist on The Sounds of Music, just called The Hills Are Alive. It's the sounds of Nazis. We'll set it in Tower Hill. Okay, <laughs> and we'll just have everyone off the head stoned, just coming out with the moving shrubbery. <laughs> Are you ready to fix something? Yeah, what are we fixing this week? Well, this week we're going to fix nightclubs. Ooh. 
which is a big, you know, a big part of everyone's life. I'm sure at some point you hit a uh, nightclub. You maybe yeah. met your spouse in a nightclub or your ex in a in a nightclub. What 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 are your memories of nightclubs? Um, my first nightclub I went to was Kirby Town, and I was about fourteen. And it was Kirby Town Football Club that has a social club in there, but they turned it into a nightclub. And basically, it just turned up, and everyone from school was there. But my friend uh, Robbie Moss sent me a playlist of any he put a playlist on Spotify called Kirby Town Classics, and I still listen to it now. Oh, and it's got songs like Psycho Killer and If Only I Could by Sydney Youngblood and Buffalo Dance yeah. by Nina Cherry. It's really good. Oh, um, great. There was that. There was a couple of like little local nightclubs, which were always good for a laugh. You know, the ones that are like in your village that only people that you know go to. Yeah. Um, they were they were just more like youth clubs, really. Because we didn't start going into town into the city centre till we were like probably about 17, 18. So before yeah. then we just we just went local. But uh-huh. I think now that then all nightclubs, town, all clubs or bars were closed by two. So you'd have to get out like at seven and like <laughs> put a shift in. Yeah, because you had that the best thing about it was you'd have that cut off at like two o'clock where you were like Right, if I haven't bagged off here by two o'clock, I'm not bagging off. So you like had that little bit of panic mode at like half one quarter to two. You're like, right, I'm gonna have to make a move here. That's that's what my dad used to say to me, son, when I go out when I was like 18. He was joking, but he used to say, son, if you're not in bed by one o'clock, come home. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever go the kiss? No, that, that you're a bit younger than me, aren't you? That wasn't a thing when I well, was going out. Because that was the first club I ever went to, and it was sort of around the back of the Paradox, which is another club I went to a little bit. But I never oh, well, Kiss it. used to Kiss used to be Fallows. Ah, got yeah. Oh, I went when it was Fallows when they used to film the Hitman and Hair, and we'd yeah. go to Fallows and we'd watch it all being filmed and try and like get on camera and all that. And then <laughs> when it finished, we'd all like try and leg it over and like. Wait up until the Hitman and Hair came on because he used to put it on the same night. Oh, was it the same it, night? Sometimes me and Anna get up and we'd watch it together to see if, we, if I was on it. <laughs> you smoking in the background there, Kate. <laughs> yeah. Well, one, of me, one of me abiding memories of nightclubs is that I always wanted to be like part of the cool group and I never was. Yeah, I, I felt like I never, ever felt comfortable in nightclubs until I found the right clubs to go to. So the first one I went to was The Kiss, and I only went there once. And, you know, your first nightclub, as a lad, I think it was about 15, 16, but I looked older. I mean, my mates, we were in the pub, and we had, like, two pints of, like, uh, cider. And my mate went, oh, let's go The Kiss. And we jumped in this taxi, and we somehow got in. And I walked in, and I was terrified. And I felt like I was on the in-betweeners, that, you know, like if the camera was following my view through the club, everyone was seen bigger and taller, and just assume someone was going to get you in a headlock and go, "This is no place for you, lads. Get out." Yeah, yeah. I felt like a sore thumb. Like I felt like everyone was looking at me, and then because I was so nervous, I, I banged into this girl and knocked a drink all over it. Like within about five seconds of being oh, in there, ah, so I know, and I just it was probably you, and I said, "Sorry, love, <laughs> I'm so sorry," and she just went, "You fucking nervous!" Like that dead lad in me in my ear, and I just thought I'm gonna get stabbed here. Like, and I spent the next hour, my mates were dancing. They seemed very comfortable, but I just felt like everyone was looking at me. And uh, just did, uh, <laughs> yeah, just didn't enjoy it. You know, did the worm, moonwalked a bit, and then went home. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, 
then it, then I started going the paradox, which was like a club in Aintree, not far from where the Grand National is. Yeah, uh, in Aintree Racecourse, and but that was just like a proper like the, the music policy was just it was just dance music. It was like chart dance music, and I never really liked amazing. that. It was it was amazing paradox. I loved it. it Did you love it? Like, you were into like you were like an indie kid, weren't you? Mm. Yeah, I was into like guitar music and stuff. So it just it wasn't for me. And then I started growing my hair at that point. So I just looked even more like, please, please start a fight with me. That's what it felt like. I never got into a fight though, but I just felt like I was gonna. When I look back, it's like nightclub culture is always like pretty glamorous, but the nineties was like the decade that glamour forgot. Nobody really wore makeup as much, or everyone plucked their eyebrows to death. And and then I look back on pictures from then and think, oh my god, who let me out like that? <laughs> Didn't nobody love me? Didn't nobody stop me at the door and go, where do you think you're going? Dressed in like you've got one eyebrow right across the front of your face. <laughs> Straighteners haven't been invented. You're going out with, with it's not straight and it's not curly hair. I don't know what it was. And I'd just be like, yeah, I just think I look gorgeous. You know, no. And then come home and wonder why no lads had talked to me. And it was generally because I was the one, Auntie Nobbed, or my mates were just being cool, sipping on the drinks, and I'm there doing the worm. <laughs> just not being allowed out. Yeah, there was a lack of mirrors in the 90s, wasn't there? I don't think mirrors were what they are now. I don't think people, you know, that, that conversation, like when your parents say, you're not going out dressed like that. That never happened in the 90s. And I don't mean like people were dressing like slutty or whatever. It's just like people just look horrific. Like, some no, of the I mean, we had, we had to go at dressing slutty, but everyone wore but dead thick tights. <laughs> that was like either thing. Well, I, I, it must have been 96 or something. I first went to the cavern, which everyone will know. It's not the real cavern, cavern. in Matthew Street. In Matthew Street, where the Beatles used to obviously play. But it's it's not even the real cavern. It's like a it's the next door to where the real cavern used to be. Yeah, it's called the cavern because the other one shut down or got knocked down. And they played like they played like different music that wasn't dance music, and it still wasn't good music. But I was like, oh, this is better. I, I kind of like this, you know, a little bit of guitar. It was music. from all the decades, wasn't it? So it was yeah. like we would all go in and they play music from the sixties, and we'd be like, wow, this music's so retro and cool. But now, if I run out, it's what is twenty twenty one? So they played music from what 1990 i wouldn't be like god that's like years ago but that's how it felt about the 60s then yeah the 60s was like a prehistoric time wasn't it then <laughs> but the 90s still feels like 20 years ago even though it's 30 odd years ago now they still have made the cavern authentic to the original way in where there's no aircon and sweat drips off the ceiling when it's busy yeah that'd be great in these post-covid times wouldn't it but... yeah jesus can you imagine Just... i know so, so I started going there and then and then I got into like dance culture in like the early 2000s. So I started going like proper clubbing, you know, to like all these clubs. And what I realised, like going to like Cream and stuff, what I realised, all what I thought was the posh clubs when I was a kid were the clubs where you could only get in wearing shoes and smart pants. What I realised as I got into my like early 20s that the, all of those clubs were, were absolute bollocks. And the best clubs just didn't have a dress codes it was just like the, yeah. it was all about the music it was all about like the, the crazy house that was crazy that was, house. i loved yeah. it there. and the, the l2 was good oh, i used to like it in there and then there used to be a club in the l2 that was like on a friday night to play disco music but not in like a joke not in like yeah. a joke way in like a serious way that like they took it seriously and you go people would, would dance like they were on like some kinds of this it was a competition it was good it was good in there i liked yeah. it 
It was great. Yeah, really like that. Well, my um, friend Ruth made us start going to one called The Cabin. Oh, I've been there. Oh, my God. I'd never even heard of it. And she went, we were out one night. She went, come on. She went, I'm a member. And I thought, it's going <laughs> to be really posh in here. Wow, I can't wait. Anyway, we got to The Cabin. And there was an old man. He was about 112 on the door. He had an Aaron jumper down to his knees. And he was taking everyone's money on the way in. And I was like, right, this is weird and then I went in and it, it looked as you couldn't even walk it was like they had cones around certain floorboards that they didn't want you to walk on because it was so old and wrecked and it was the cheesiest mintiest club in the world oh it was the funniest times we used to have in there and it was so cheap wasn't it cheap oh my god it was so cheap and this was a club where there was no sign was there you didn't know it was there yeah. unless you didn't- you only knew if you knew, yeah. But it wasn't illegal, but it definitely felt that way once you got in. But it was dead, you felt yeah. dead safe. I know, but it was just, it was dead weird. But even then, sometimes they'd let you out, they'd give you like a little drink at two o'clock if you were in the mood, you know, instead of like throwing you out. Yeah. But yeah, that, that was, that was. But the Blue Angel used to be like that as well, which is like oh, a couple of rooms down. And it's the kind of place where, I mean, everyone was joking at the start of this pandemic saying there's no way that place should close down during COVID because there's no way COVID could exist and survive in that environment because it was just... 100% no. It was like worse than the cabin. It was like the wipe your feet on the way out sort of place, wasn't it? It was just like, but the drinks were so cheap. Like, in fact, I went there on 9-11, like in 2001, because I remember going out and there was like... Oh, the world's gone to shit. I'm going to grab I'm going the Raz. That was the nickname for it, wasn't it? The Raz. Everyone called it that. And because I thought the world was going to end, me and my mate just went in there and just started necking aftershocks. And it was like, every time you got a round of drinks, you get like four pints, couple of shots, couple of shorts, and it'd be like £3.50. You'd be like, no, I, I ordered these drinks. Like, yeah, that's it. Dead cheap. Piss cheap. I'm saying that like aftershocks and that don't have alcohol in. I think it's just loads and loads of sugar that make you just go, ah! Yeah, that's the effect it needs to have in it. That you go <laughs> weirdly, that draws more people in to buy it. Like you don't want a shot that's nice because what's the point? It's got to you got to yeah. got to be in agony, haven't you, when you drink it? Yeah. I think the beauty of going to clubs though is that you paid to get in, so you get in, so you stay there, and you just got into this habit of you knew what order each song would come on that the DJ was playing. Yeah. I used to like that. And the crazy house, you'd yeah. know there'd be like a six song sequence that'd come on. And you'd be like, oh, yeah, we'll stay down here for a bit because there's three floors. You're like, no, because I know what he's playing next. And you'd request yeah. songs and he'd go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And each floor had like a different style of music. And every yeah. time I went to the crazy house, I swear down, I fell down at least one flight of stairs because <laughs> it was just metal stairs everywhere. Yeah. I lost there. Uh, I chipped my tooth in the crazy house once. Uh, on the table I was just bladdered with me mate and he said something funny and I laughed and I sort of jolted my head forward and just smashed ah. it on the table <laughs> I was like oh god someone was sick on me in the crazy house once in the toilet oh all over god. me that was nice um, the crazy house is probably the one place where I've drank something being sick and then carried on drinking I've never been able to do that never I was in Dublin once and my mate Ali was sick at the bar of the house, the bar of the pub we were in. And she just picked up a beer mat, wiped her mouth, went to the toilet, got one of them little one night stand toothbrushes that you put on the end of your finger out the mop, you know, the 
friends and machine rush to see come back and carries on drinking and I my mind is just blown because I'm like if I think I'm going to be sick I'll go home and I'll just lie on the floor outside the toilet <laughs> and I can't I can't do anything until I've been sick I'm pathetic yeah a tactical puke people call it don't they sometimes they make it happen but the crazy house was a little bit like underground he wasn't it was like goths and, yeah. and all that and I'd never been the, the first time I went me and my mates were like oh we've heard the crazy house is good good shall we go we all used to go out like dressed like Kylie, like hot pants and stupid heels and like pearls and just like you know, like we'd just seen too many pop videos and we turned up, tossed in to the crazy oaks, and they they it was like the record. <laughs> like, right, this is not how you dress in here, but we still had the ball. It was good. Laugh. Yeah, it was dead friendly in there, and that was the kind of place where if you knocked a drink over someone. You'd say sorry, and then they just pour the rest of their own drink over themselves and say, it's all right. Yeah, okay. It's all right. I haven't had a bath for five days. No big deal. <laughs> trying to grow dreadlocks. <laughs> uh, when was the last time you went to a club? Right. It was me mate Hendu. We were in uh, Magaluf, and we went to the phone party in BCN. Oh, my God. That's amazing. And this was only about four years ago. So you can imagine the state of us. We came with all our mums and aunties came. We were in like the 60s and 70s. We were all dressed as Where's Wally. We get to the BCM. We were like going to the mums and aunties. We call them the golden girls. We were like, you might not like the phone party. Some of them did, some of them didn't. But we like, and I was not, I've never been to a phone party before, but I'd seen one. So I was like, oh, I don't know what this will be like. Anyway. They started filling it, put the like covered it all off so no one could get on the dance floor while you're on the dance floor. And they just filled it with foam. We were absolutely rotten. And it just, it was what, yeah, I was just very disappointed at the level of foam. It what, probably so- went, to my un- went to my ankles. Oh. And started like picking it up and throwing it at each other, but the floor was minty on the dance floor. So we just throwing dirty foam at each other. And I go, <laughs> and then it started rising a little bit. I went, I know what I'll do. Watch this. Showing off. Obviously, went to do the worm. As it got on the floor, I inhaled a load of foam and I nearly drowned myself <laughs> in, the, <laughs> in a foam party. You drowned on dirty foam. What a tombstone mm. that would make. Yeah. But that was the last time I was in a nightclub. Because I, I went to a foam party once in, in Ibiza, and this is like 20 years ago, and it was a... It, I'd, I'd been, my mate was working at a bar and I was drinking at his bar and I was drinking pints of vodka Red Bull out of three pints. And then I went off with his girlfriends and then she disappeared. But I'd made friends with some guy from Burnley and we thought we were going to be best mates forever because I was just absolutely just messed up. And then we went to this phone party, me and this guy, and then the phone was so high. It was like above me head and I'm six foot, you know, so it was big. People getting lost in there. And uh, at the <laughs> end, I was trying to get a taxi but because me, me trainers were so full of foam, I'd wipe the foam off. And by the time I walked from the club to the taxi, me, me shoes were like sponges. So every time I took a step, it just like produced a load more foam. So by the time I looked down at my feet, they looked like a pair of, you know, uh, what are those chamois things that you clean yourselves with? There was just foam coming out my feet. <laughs> and the taxi driver wouldn't let me in. So then I'd walk back and wipe them again. I was too wrecked to realise that every time I took a step. So then I tried to... made more bubbles. Made more bubbles. I tried hopping back and just showed him the one foot that I hadn't hopped on, but the other one was obviously double, double foamy. <laughs> Great days. Great times. Wait, when was the last time you were in a club? 
I can't remember, you know, I think it was probably on my mate Stag Day about three years ago in London. But I don't think it was a club where I felt, I didn't feel too out of place, even though I was old. Because that's the thing, once you get to a certain age, certain clubs you just want to stay away from, don't you? Because you just... Yeah. You know, I, I always remember this great Chris Rock line. He said, you don't want to be the old guy in the club. You know that one guy, he's not that old. He's just a little bit too old to be in a club. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought... I laughed at that when I was 22, and now I'm 43. I go, yeah, that would probably be me. Well, I feel like our age group still need a club. We need a club to go to. There's Where a club can... in Edinburgh, in the Edinburgh Festival. I can't remember what it's called, but it's basically for parents. And it starts at about 6 p.m. And it by by 9 p.m., it's kicking off. It's going off. like That's like the peak. And at half nine, they just turn the music off, and everyone goes home. See, that's my... I've got, I've got a problem here. Because at half nine, I wouldn't want to go home. Why should I have to go out at six o'clock? Because I'm a parent. Let me go out late. Let me dance till two. Why? That's discriminatory. <laughs> it's not on. Not on. I, w- I mean, I would like a club. Oh, radio. okay. Oh, have you, got, have you got a toddler? Well, okay. You're not used to sleeping, getting up late, like going to bed late. Of course you are. You're a toddler. Exactly. Tits. Exactly. You may as well dance. Dance your way through this shite. I think if you had a, a club policy, maybe this is one of my fixes, we'd have a club where it was for over 40s, and if you're under 40, you just don't get in. I like young people, though. I don't, I don't want... I don't. I think under un, over 40s, for me, is still... like I don't want to cut that off. I want maybe over 30s. <laughs> yeah, there's young people and there's young people. I don't want people who yeah. look... You know when you get students coming to coming to the city and they're like eighteen and they just look like they've just had a nappies. I can't bear I mean, that because yeah. I like I like the concept of young people and another importance, but they just make me feel older. I know you see them when they're out and the drink. Like you just want to wrap them in a blanket and put them in a cot. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> what, what are you doing out? You're vulnerable. Can I read the gruffalo to you, son? <laughs> what you want to do with them? Put you in an Uber. Yeah, how would you fix clubs then? I would, I, would, I would bring the club scene back properly. I don't think it, it's a bit more underground now. So you have, they only have like club nights now, don't they, in places? Mm. I want somewhere. By our house, there used to be a club called um, the Red Pepper. You may have heard about it. Rumour has it that back in the old days, they kept a, a sauna shotgun behind the bar. And there was a room with strippers in. But... <laughs> If you got kicked out of the pub at 12 o'clock last orders and you wanted to carry on, we'd just go there and have a dance. And we'd just turn a blind eye to the criminal underworld that was going on over in the corner. (laughs) Um, Because it was dead cheap. And I would just bring back those little local night spots that you can go to for a little dance. Yeah, I would love it if like the social club scene was a bit, you know, like it was in the 70s. I don't mean all the racist comedians. I mean the kind of, <laughs> the community aspect of it because every estate, every housing estate had a, had a social club. And it was just yeah, we've, we've still place. got one. And it's 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 still quite, like, they have, like, a pension of night and they have bingo, which I used to go to with my neighbour. I loved it. Um, but when you see pictures of when social clubs were in the heyday in, like, 70s and 80s, when you look back and you see these people and they all look absolutely ancient and then you think oh, they were probably younger than me yeah do you know what old people 
or getting older was such it, people just got older quicker, didn't they? I think yeah, they, I think the problem with social clubs and why they can't be nightclubs is because they always leave the big light on. Yeah, you need the darkness element, don't you? You need to you need mood lighting if you're gonna have a nightclub. You can't you can't you can't have a slurry under a thousand watt bulb in front <laughs> of the glitter stage. It's not the same. People would would notice my bald spots with bright lights. That yeah, and also yeah. you need you need to cop off with someone, and then the lights come on, and you both both of you are disgusted with your choice. Not yeah, just my, my paws are large, and now I'm over forty. I don't want someone to see that. I want him, <laughs> I want them to have the illusion that I've got tiny paws. I look great in a dim light. Yeah, there was always that part of the night, though, wasn't it, where the big light went on at the end of the night when they wanted you out and you just yeah. get a proper look at whoever you'd be like dancing with or necking and go. Oh, fuck. Oh, I have to, to humour this one now. Oh, I didn't realise you actually will like this. Oh, or you go, oh, God, they're way out of my league. Wait till they see my face. I better get yeah, off. Yeah, <laughs> wait till they see my hair glued to my head with sweat. And they're like, humour me, take my number off me. And I know quite well they're not going to call me. It's just, the, the, I think I'd fix nightclubs by removing all big lights. Yeah, keep that's it dark. fairy lights like Nigella's kitchen. Let's do that. Keep it dark, keep it dingy, keep it nice for our faces. It's yeah. just more aesthetically pleasing in the dark. So Bruce Springsteen was right. Dancing in the dark is what we need to do. I'd also take away all this um order things by app. Let me go to the bar and order a drink with actual money. Because I do this now, it's like order by app, do it by next morning. You look in your bank account and you're like, where the fuck has all my money gone? How am I going to pay for my council tax now? Uh, yeah, because I've been buying cheeky Vimto's all night for some fella I met. Oh, I mean, I, I'm a cash person. I take cash out. I don't like paying my cards. So if I go on a night out, I take cash. And lately, when I've gone out, they go, no, sorry, you don't want to touch your dirty money. <laughs> This has been clean. This I've, I've spent a lot of money to clean this money. <laughs> I have to open a car wash. Me, 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 mate went out to watch the footy when that was on, and we were all done drinks through, through the app. And after a while, it got a bit heavy, like the session. And, and he said, Oh, do you know what? Every time I order a drink, my wife gets an email. Can you get them on your account? <laughs> Getting whiskeys and all sorts. So uh, I think we've, I think that's a good idea. We've got for fixing nightclubs. I think you know maybe we could put together a fix the world nightclub. You know the pair. Oh, you know clubs. you know what? Uh, before we go, you know who, who is on the road to fixing nightclubs? Who I would it? say Camp Camp and Fairness. In oh, it's brilliant! Because yeah. the nights they have in there, they have like theme nights. So I'm telling the light. The last night, the last nightclub I went to was Camp and Fairness. When I went for um, uh, Martin Kemp's '80s party, and it oh was, wow, it was pretty amazing to be honest with you. It was like the old days. Everyone danced. Nobody was trying to be cool. It was really good. That's it. Get everyone involved. Like, don't yeah. be standing by the, the, the wall looking cool because you're not 15 anymore. You're not, you're not at a school disco. Just get involved. Yeah. Get your money's worth. Get sweaty. There's, there's something for everyone there, Naila. They have power, a power ballads night. I mean, I'm dying to go there. I went to one of them once. Ride in, in my full leather suit on a motorbike. Oh, Chair. Jesus Christ, with your crimped hair. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, I went to that power ballad night. I forgot what it's it good? It, it was in Brighton. I was doing a gig in Brighton and the comedy club at the end of the night, this is wow, seven years ago, turned into this power ballad night. 
and it was amazing. I was on my that own. Sounds all like the, a laugh. All the other acts had gone. I was staying in the hotel. There's no one there that I knew, and there was loads of bevies left in the dressing room. So I just kept going in the dressing room and drinking all the beer, and then coming out and dancing on my own to like power <laughs> ballads, like Heart and uh, what's that one? Uh, Wilson Phillips. That was the. Oh yeah. Amazing. Yeah, I think I need to book. Yeah, so anyway, um, low lighting, uh, themed nights. Power Maybe chicken, bring chicken in a basket back. Bring that back. I, I went with a girl once who moved to the Lake District and they said she went to a club and at midnight all the lights came on, the music went off and everyone got given a pie. They ate the pie and then the lights went off, the music came back on and they carried on. That sounds amazing. Did you ever go to Pop World when they gave out toast? No. Pop World used to give out toast. Oh my god! Um, yeah, just like halfway through the night, they just come round with a big plate of toast. That's the nice. was awesome. Yeah, but also you're gonna buy more drinks, aren't you? If you've had your yeah. little bit of toast, and stay yeah. longer. Market forces. So yeah, I think we've done a good job this week, and uh, thanks to everyone for listening. And I, I think we we both like to say a little thanks to just all the people who've who've been finding the show recently and starting to listen. To all the, yeah, uh, the really, past episodes. We're made up, aren't we? Yeah, we are. And there's people from all over the world getting in touch and saying, just discovered the podcast, gone back and listened to like all the old episodes. So I think this is episode, what is it? What is it now? 16, is it? There's... Maybe 15 or 16. Yeah. You know? They said it'd never last this long. And look at us now, proving the haters. Look at right. us now, fixing <laughs> things left, right and centre. And you're welcome, everybody. <laughs> no need to thank us. It's, it's just what we we'll do. We'll get our thanks in, in a better place. Some people write operas. This is just our gift. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, if you'd like to support the podcast, all we ask you to do is leave us a nice review on, on Apple Podcasts because it helps other people yeah. find it. Leave us a nice review. Like and share. Like and share. Spread the words. And uh, we'll see it on the dance floor. We definitely will. And get in touch if you want us to fix anything for you. Always. We're like the 18. We're always ready. Yeah. Without the cool van. Thanks for listening this week, folks, and we'll see you all next Wednesday. Bye. Fix the World Podcast with Sam and Katie.